Today on the Matt Wall Show, in a disturbing Zoom video, a public school teacher tells other teachers that it's their moral duty to brainwash kids into critical race theory. In fact, if they don't brainwash kids, they're no better than sexual abusers, she says. And this kind of madness is all over the school system, which raises the question I've asked many times, when are we going to abandon the system entirely? If not now, when? We'll talk about that. Also, five headlines, including the defund the police proponent who ended up having to call the police himself after some kids stole his car, which is pretty great. And Caitlyn Jenner, in a shocking turn of events, flip-flops and comes out in favor now of males and female sports. Plus, a woman writes to Slate asking what to do about her husband who won't take his, take his mask off at all, ever, even while being intimate. In our daily cancellation, I will defend myself against the gay news publication that is currently trying to cancel and deplatform me. So a little bit of a reverse cancellation will happen today. That's always exciting. All of that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show. Finally get into the summer months. The weather is nice. Not not weather isn't very nice today here anyway, but uh, generally it is. And uh, so what do you want to how do you want to spend your time this spring and summer? Do you want to spend it in an auto parts store wandering around looking for auto parts? I don't think anyone does. It's not anyone's idea of a great time. At least it's not mine. That's why you need rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is uh, so much easier, also more enjoyable than walking into a auto parts store. And the thing is, when you get there, um, they might not have what you need in stock. They got to order it online. Why go through that whole rigmarole? Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear. And uh, they, you know, basically their, their question is why spend up to twice as much on the same parts and for a worse selection? There's no reason to do that. They're a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique and very easy to navigate, even for an absolute moron like myself. So I know that you'll do just fine. Quickly see all the parts available. And uh, so again, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And as always, write Walsh in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. There is one question that's often posed to me. I'm asked, what can we do? The culture is in bad shape. Lunatics are running the asylum. Everything's falling apart. Civilization is collapsing around us. Darkness covers the land. The eye of Sauron gazes down at us. What can we do about it? What's the solution? And I'm tempted to say sometimes that we should just pop open a beach chair, pour some whiskey, watch the apocalypse unfold. That would be the easiest and perhaps most enjoyable way to address the problem. But it would also be despair. It would be giving up on the world, on our families, on ourselves. And so we can't do that, or at least I can't do that. Not yet anyway. So what's the real solution? Well, first, we must acknowledge that there is no one simple solution. There isn't even a guaranteed like five-step plan or guide. Fighting to save Western civilization is not like assembling IKEA furniture. Or anyway, if the simple solution or plan exists, I don't have it. I don't know what it is. All I know is that we must begin with a willingness to make radical changes to our personal lives, to the way that we live. It's not enough to demand those changes in the world. We have to make them. We must be ready to make significant sacrifices and completely alter the way we live on a day-to-day -day basis. If we're content to float with the cultural tide, generally living how everybody else lives, doing what everyone else does, taking the path of least resistance and all of that, then there's really no hope. Now we're back to the, the beach chair and the whiskey. Pack it in, give up, wave the white flag, watch the fireworks from a safe distance. That is until the fireball engulfs you too, which it will eventually. If that doesn't sound appealing, then we have to be willing to live differently. Right now, one of our great problems as conservatives, or simply as people who are not radical leftists, whatever label you ascribe to, one of our great problems is that we don't like the program 
that our culture has for us, but we tend to follow it anyway. We aren't willing to sacrifice almost anything. We won't even change our consumption habits. How many of us have made so much as minor changes in our day-to-day lives so as to live more in accordance with our values and principles? I'm sure some people have done that, but I'm guessing the percentage is very low. And that's just not going to work. We become like the morbidly obese man who wants to figure out a way to lose weight, but without breaking a sweat or experiencing more than 10 minutes of hunger. It doesn't work. It can't work. We have to choose one path or the other. And that brings me to a familiar drum that I so often beat. Um, I'm not saying this is the be-all and end-all. As I already clarified, there isn't any one single solution. But this is a crucial change we must make. We must abandon the government school system. Not fix it, not reform it. That's a fool's errand. We have to abandon it. Get out of it. Leave it behind. Let it collapse. There's no other way. This must be one of the first steps towards any serious effort to save our civilization. If we skip over this step, There's no point in taking any other steps. Once again, we're back at the beach chair with the whiskey glass. There's no path to reclaiming the culture that will allow us to still send our children into government indoctrination centers for seven hours a day, every day, for 12 years. That path doesn't exist. Case in point, the Daily Caller has uh, this report, quote, an eighth grade teacher from the Beaverton School District in Oregon compared being resistant to actively teaching anti-racism to sexually abusing children during a Zoom video call. Catherine Watkins, a humanities teacher at Cedar Park Middle School, was recorded during a Zoom video session telling her fellow educators that teachers who are not actively teaching, quote, anti-racism are abusing children. Now, it's even worse than it sounds, and we have the video. Let's uh, listen. Catherine Watkins, eighth grade humanities teacher at Cedar Park Middle School, and my pronouns are she, her, we, and us. Um, I'm going to say something that's not nice. Pause there. Okay, so I, I have to stop it just there for one, just one second. Because uh, we, we can't we can't skip over that part. We haven't got to the meat of this thing yet, but we got to pause for a moment and, and think about this. Her pronouns are she. Her, if I heard that right, I, I think I heard that right. Her, her pronouns are she, her, we, and us. What? Now, in a certain way, you might say that everyone's pronouns are we and us by definition. We have all at various points identified ourselves in a we or us category, but that's exactly why you don't need to stipulate that. It's like saying that your pronoun is me. Of course you're a me. Everyone's a me. You don't need to say that. But it's even crazier than it first seems. Keep in mind that when someone gives you their pronouns, they're telling you what pronouns you can use in reference to them. She and her are not pronouns that a person uses in relation to themselves unless they're speaking in the third person. So when she says her pronouns are we and us, she's saying that when you refer to her, you should call her we and us which means that you must identify herself with yourself. She is now included, she's included with you, in you. So if I wanted to say Catherine Watkins went to the store, she's telling me that I could say, we went to the store. Now I'm suddenly at the store too, whether I want it to be or not. This is schizophrenic madness, coming from a woman who teaches eighth grade students. In a different time and place, she'd be in a straitjacket, in a mental asylum. In our time and place, she's in a classroom. And it only gets worse from there. So let's keep uh, listening. I'm going to say something that's not nice and not sweet, but it's true. If you're not evolving into an anti-racist educator, you're making yourself obsolete in this field of profession. 
Um, our district is only getting browner and browner with our children. And so if, you know, obviously you can't change your melanin, all right, but you can change your mind so that you can actually function in a, a district that is full of BIPOC children. So if you're being resistant, I understand that, but you're gonna have to eventually come to the light because if you're going to keep with those old views of um, colonialism, um, it's gonna lead to being fired because you're gonna be doing damage to our children, um, trauma. And so as we fire the teachers who sexually abuse our children, we will be firing the, the teachers who do racist things to our children and traumatize them. And while our district might not be completely on there, OEA, um, OEA is working on it, all right? NEA is working on it. And so it's just a matter of time. So it's like you either evolve or dissolve. You've got to start walking with us. Come to the light, evolve or dissolve. By the way, what is she wearing on her head? This is a white woman. Isn't that cultural appropriation? Maybe she identifies as black. Uh, but there it is. Any teacher who resists critical race theory, any teacher who does not espouse far-left viewpoints and indoctrinate children into those view same viewpoints is tantamount to a sexual abuser. According to Catherine Watkins, schizophrenic eighth-grade teacher, you are molesting a child by not brainwashing them. And what's worse, we both hold that view. I hold that view too. I don't want to hold that view, but I am her and she is me. She, she, she is also you, remember. She identifies as you, which means that you are now just as insane as her. Hopefully you're following the logic here. I'm not really, but... Now, you might want to soothe yourself by saying, well, come on, this is Oregon we're talking about. Yeah, this is Oregon. This is also everywhere. The modern public school system is built on the notion that your kids belong to it, that it has more authority over your kids than you do, that its job is not to only teach the ABCs and one, two, threes, but to inculcate a worldview into your child. Again, the system is built on that premise. It is ingrained right down to the cellular, cellular level. And we also know that the system, in fact, all of our cultural institutions, but especially the academic institutions, are far left and getting further left as time goes on. Send your kids to government schools and you send them into an institution whose primary goal in relation to your child is to turn him into Catherine Watkins. In fact, he already is Catherine Watkins, as again, she identifies as him. There's no getting around the conclusion. That there's no avoiding what needs to be done. We have to give up on the public school system. It needs us in order to survive, remember? Without us, it starves to death. You're, if, if every single person who doesn't agree with what Catherine Watkins just said there stopped sending their kids to public school, you think the public school system exists a year from now? No. Your children are the food which sustains it. So save your children from being devoured. Let the beast starve to death. And then go and dance around its decayed, emaciated corpse. That's what we should do with the public schools. And that's only step one. Now let's get to our five headlines. One thing I like about living closer to a city now, uh, there's not a lot I like about it, but one thing I like is that if I ever need to call an Uber or something, I can do it because um, I'm not living out in the sticks anymore. 
uh, five hours from, from civilization. But the bad thing about getting into the back of a car for me is that I get a lot of motion sickness. And uh, that has been a problem for me until I discovered Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraine, hangover, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. The product is uh, drug-free. It's non-drowsy. You don't have to worry about being drowsy and out of it for the rest of the day. And it provides all natural relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. I use it, uh, my, my daughter uses it as well. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now through Relief Band, it's available to the masses. So you can ensure that nausea is never the reason to miss out on life's important moments. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for Matt Walsh listeners. If you go to reliefband.com, use promo code Walsh, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money back guarantee. So go to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code Walsh for 20% off. So it may shock you uh, to learn. I'm sure you, you, you are not expecting this. It can be very surprising. But apparently, uh, Twitter is not r- very serious about um, tamping down on harassment and uh, unsafe behavior. It, it turns out. You know, I, I, I know that, again, it's, it's going to be shocking to you. So um, a couple days ago, my wife, who's, who's on Twitter, tweeted uh, something saying, in fact, I have it here. She said, pretty pretty shocking and uh, uh, divisive stuff. She said, happy eighth birthday to our twins, trying to treasure all the moments. Uh, my, my wife, generally far too sweet for Twitter, far too nice. Um, but that's it. She just, because it was my, my, our twins' uh, eighth birthday a couple days ago. And so a guy responds, um, a guy with, uh, his, by the way, in his, Profile photo. I don't know if this is actually him or not in the photo. Could, could, for all I know, it isn't. Who knows? But he's holding a gun in his uh, profile photo. And he, and, he respond, and he responds and says, Demon Spawn won't see 16. Referring to my kids, saying they're not going to see the age of 16. It, 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 explicit threat. Obviously. Explicit threat. Threatening to kill my kids. Uh, and then he goes on from there. In fact, there was, he's he's goes on harassing my wife and talking about how my kids are going to die and so on. This is not the first time that my kids have been threatened. Happens a lot, actually. And I can also tell you, by the way, that um, and I know that there are there are bad people on 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 every side, and all of that. But I have, at various points in my career, been at odds with people on the right and groups of people on the right. And I've had very angry, very angry people on the right coming after me. Um, and sending me messages and saying horrible things about me. It's happened many times. In fact, I've gotten death threats even from people who would identify as being on the right. But what I can tell you is that every single person who has threatened harm to my children, and there have been a lot of them, every single time it is someone on the left. Every time. I don't think that's a coincidence. And I can't help but think about that every single time I hear someone on the left talk about tolerance and all of this kind of thing. Of course, I, 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 don't, I wouldn't need this kind of experience to know that the tolerance stuff is BS. But I can't help but think, oh, really? Then why are you people constantly threatening to kill my children because you disagree with my opinions? Anyway, so uh, my wife reported that to Twitter and they sent an email back, reported once again, someone threatening to kill my kids. Um, or at, like at best, 
if, if you want it, the most generous interpretation of that tweet is this guy is calling my kids demon spawn and wishing death on them. Which you would think would qualify at a minimum as harassment that you wouldn't, that, that would be banned on Twitter. But uh, Twitter uh, sent an email back to my wife pretty quickly and said, we're writing to let you know that after reviewing the available information, we didn't find a violation of our rules in the content you reported. We appreciate that you let us know what happened and encourage you to reach out again in the future if you see any potential violations. Now, um, I then publicly shamed Twitter by putting this out there, screenshot of the tweet and the email. And what do you know, after I sent that out there and the tweet kind of went viral, um, now the account's been suspended. It turns out that they they reassessed their rules and realized that, oh, okay, m- maybe it did violate our rules. But this is, you know, I, I'm, I'm able to do that with a platform. I can shame Twitter, and I've had, had to do this more than once. Basically shame them into doing the right, shame them into doing the right thing and, and, and abiding by their own rules, enforcing their own rules equally. But if you don't have a platform, then you don't have, uh, you just don't have the ability to do it. What, what, what Twitter wanted to do was, uh, and we know that this is ideological. They could tell, my wife's on the right, this guy's on the left. He threatened to kill her kids, and so they didn't care. They're, they're just going to let that go. And of course, I'm also pursuing legal avenues as well. Um, it's, I'm not ju- this doesn't just go, th- when, you, when you make, when you threaten my family, this is not just this. This is beyond Twitter now. Now we have a legal issue, and I'm going to pursue every avenue available to hold you accountable for that. But that's um, the social media. Always looking out. Always, always trying to fight harassment and everything. So great job, great job to Twitter. All right, and you know what? Even th- there were more th- more than one person defend basically defending this guy. Um, maybe not outright defending it by saying, but saying, oh, he's a, just an internet troll. Who cares? Hey, don't, don't get worked up about internet trolls. This is what I always say to that, to that mentality. First of all, yeah, you could say whatever you want to me. You threaten my family and yeah, I care. It doesn't make a difference to me if you do it online. What, it doesn't count because it's on the internet? No, it's, it, 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 I, I care. And there's going to be problems for you if you do that. Um, but also, the, what is an internet troll? An internet, an internet troll is a person who is using the internet to communicate. It's not some magical land where the laws of basic decency and morality don't count anymore. Like this idea that if someone says something on the internet, it doesn't matter. Ah, they're just on the internet. So what, if he wrote it on a sheet of paper and handed it to me, all of a sudden it's worse because of the, because of the method of communication? It's nonsense. If you are, and the people that use this excuse, I assume it's because you yourself are a scumbag piece of garbage and you hide behind the anonymity of the internet to say stuff like this to people because you're a coward and you're trying to justify what you do. I just want you to know, doesn't you are still a scumbag piece of ga- garbage. Just because you're only a scumbag piece of garbage on the internet doesn't make you any less of a scumbag piece of garbage. It just makes you more of a coward on top of it. Let's move on now. Um, this is from the Post Millennial. Uh, some some good. Maybe we could, we could cheer up a little bit here and a little bit of good news. An Atlanta city councilman who voted to defund the Atlanta police by seventy three million dollars had his car stolen by children in broad daylight on Wednesday. Antonio Brown, who has mayoral asp- aspirations, was at a ribbon cutting ceremony when four kids got into his car and stole it. 
We have a local news report on this, I think. Uh, let's, let's check out. There was no care for loss of life and for themselves or, or myself. Atlanta Councilman and mayoral candidate Antonio Brown says what happened to him in his district in the Dixie Hills community in Northwest Atlanta is a perfect example of what is happening to our youth and why we as a society need to step up and help. Councilman Brown tells Fox 5 four young children stole his white Mercedes coupe just before noon Wednesday and at the time he was standing just a few feet away speaking with community leader Ben Norman. One kid was in the driver's seat. Ben attempted to open the door uh, to get him out of the car. He fought with Ben. I had then engaged and tried to get him out of the car. The three other kids were trying to figure out to get in the car or stay out of the car. He started to hit on the gas. Ben let go and then the kid started to drag me in the car a half of a block. Generational poverty has gone on long enough. It's time that we start addressing the root of this problem because there's no amount of officers you're going to put on the streets in Atlanta that could have stopped this from happening. Really? There are no officers that could have stopped some kids from getting in a car and stealing it? Yeah, I, I think probably they could. I, certainly if there were officers right there when this happened, they could have stopped it. So, yes, police officers can. They can't stop all crime. But when you have when you invest more in policing and you have more police officers in these crime ridden hellhole neighborhoods, you have less crime. Funny how that works. And the crime that does happen, there's a better chance of people who do it being held accountable for it and the law being enforced. Again, funny how that works. Now, as being somewhat facetious, I said this is good news. I don't I don't uh, celebrate crime in, in any way, shape or form. Do I do I care? Um. Do, do I care that much? If you, if you advocate for defunding the police officer, the police, you want to make neighborhoods less safe and then you get your car stolen, do I personally care that much? Do I feel sorry? Do I feel sorry for you? No, not at all. I don't. Not happy to see crime ever, but I'm not, I don't feel sorry for you. I would only call it good news because it could be an opportunity, a learning opportunity for this guy. Maybe he could learn something. Maybe it'd be a a moment of enlightenment where he understands, oh, you know what? I need the police right now. Turns out the police do serve a purpose. And you know what else? These uh, kids were trying to steal my car and I I tried to stop them. Now, he he ties it into Judd's generational poverty. Well, yeah, you tried to stop them, didn't you, though? You didn't wave goodbye and say, okay, you can have my car. You guys obviously are suffering from generational poverty. No, you tried to physically stop them from doing this. Why? Because it's a crime. They're trying to take what doesn't belong to them. Learning opportunity there. Maybe you could start to understand um, why people don't like looting. See, you're the kind of person who would justify looting and on the same basis, probably generational poverty and they're being oppressed. Yeah, well, it turns out the, the shop owners who are having their Buildings burned down and their merchandise stolen. Yeah, it's, it, that, that, that's, that's not good enough for them. Because they also are not rich. And even if they are, who cares? They've got their own struggles. They're not going to swing open the doors. Hey, yeah, take whatever you want. Any more than you're going to allow these kids to steal your car. Could be a learning opportunity, but I think, unfortunately, uh, it was a potential learning opportunity wasted because, uh, from what I understand, Antonio Brown is still on the uh, defund the police bandwagon. Um, It's defund them. You know why? It's easy for him. 
as a, as a, as a public official. Because he knows that even if you defund the police and you take police out of these neighborhoods, whenever he needs them, they'll be there for him. And that's all that he cares about. All right, this is from Fox. It says, conservative watchdog Judicial Watch has sued Chicago, uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot on behalf of the Daily Caller News Foundation over her policy of granting interviews to only non-white reporters. The lawsuit filed in the United States District Court uh, for Northern, the Northern District of Illinois alleges that Lightfoot violated reporter Thomas Catanacci's equal protection rights under the 14th Amendment when she didn't respond to multiple requests for interviews, as well as his First Amendment rights. Uh, and we know that that we talked about that a few days ago. Mayor Lightfoot announced that she's only going to accept interviews from, quote unquote, people of color. Um, and, and we know that uh, that Caucasians apparently have no we are translucent. We have no color. So we don't we don't count as people of color. I kind of look at my skin and I think, you know, that's a color, isn't it? It counts as a, some kind of color. But no, no, no. I'm a, I am a hideous translucent beast, like some sort of deep sea creature. Anyway, so they're suing, and that this is good. This is exactly what needs to happen. We're talking about solutions. One step, pull your kids out of public school. This is another important step. Take it to court. It's not always going to go the way you want it to, obviously, but we got to start taking this stuff to court. This is obviously blatantly illegal for a public official, an elected representative, to declare that she's only going to answer questions and talk to non-white people, obviously illegal and unconstitutional. And you only need to imagine what would happen in the reverse and, and what the response would be. There'd be no disputing that it's illegal. So we got to start suing over this. Now, I think there are some people who would say that this is frivolous to sue. Who really cares? And does the Daily Caller really want to talk to um, Mayor Lightfoot all that much? It's not frivolous. We need to fight tooth and nail at every point through every, every avenue available, including legal avenues. That's what the left does. That's what they've been doing. That's how they got to the point they are now. Running the culture. Fight everything, everywhere, all the time, through every avenue available. Especially when you've got a, when you've got a situation that you know should be a pretty easy win. Because what she's doing is clearly unconstitutional. Same thing needs to happen in the school system. Same thing needs to happen at, 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 at these, uh, in these corporations, these companies where they sit white student or white uh, uh, employees down and berate them on the basis of their race. Subject them to discriminatory and harassing treatment. There needs to be lawsuits. Start suing these people. Um, all right, this is, uh, let's go to number three here. Caitlyn Jenner. Now, as you know, I have not been a fan of uh, Caitlyn Jenner in general or his run for, for governor of California. A lot of conservatives jumped on the bandwagon. They were really excited about it. They were excited about their chance to say, look, the Dems are the real transphobes. Hey, we got you now, Dems. You see, we got, we got our own transgender person. They're running on the, as a Republican. What are you going to do now? We've stumped you now, haven't we? And no, you haven't. The Democrats don't care. Because they could easily wave Caitlyn Jenner off and say, oh, yeah, well, that doesn't count. 
this is someone who has internalized transphobia or whatever, whatever thing. Um, it's not going to make the Democrats stop and say, well, you know what? Hmm. I guess if the Republicans have a transgender candidate, they aren't so bad after all. That's not going to happen. Hasn't worked that way. And the other big problem is that Caitlyn Jenner is, uh, aside from having no qualifications to be governor at all, also a leftist, a far leftist, holds far left views on almost every issue, certainly almost every issue that matters, including on the gender stuff, which should be no surprise. But Caitlyn Jenner came out a few days ago, maybe a week or two ago, and uh, took a position against having males in female sports. And a lot of conservatives, once again, swept off their feet by that. Hey, Caitlyn Jenner is our new hero. This, this is a powerful advocate. And I, you may recall, I said at the time, you cannot trust this. You can't trust this position that Caitlyn Jenner is taking here. And uh, that seems to be confirmed now. Caitlyn Jenner was being interviewed on Fox News, asked again about the, uh, the, the female sports situation especially in comparison to his previous statements where he had been in favor of males and female sports. And uh, here's what he said. And you notice I did not say in that statement, trans women. I said biological boys. What I would do as, as governor, I would put together a commission. Trans women can compete in the Olympics, they compete in the NCAA, but when it gets down to the high school level, there's no guide rules, there's no rules and regulations how they can. Yeah. And trans women who are truly trans, who at a very young age, you know, started proper medical treatment, they've grown up as girls, of course they should be able to compete in girls' sports. But, yeah, some guy who hasn't done any therapy, hasn't done anything, there has to be a review board. I would be the first governor to put together a review board to review each case. Such a small issue. It's like a non-issue that's out there. And I would be surprised if there's 30 trans athletes in the entire state. Okay. Well, there's your conservative hero, conservatives. Well done. Actually, Caitlyn Jenner, which should not be a shock, stakes out not only does it, does it turn out that he's in favor of female uh, males and female sports, but his his view on the gender stuff is it's an extreme view, extreme far left view. Because first of all, he draws a distinction between biological men and trans women. He says, uh, "Well, I said I, I was talking about biological men, not trans women." So what he's trying to claim is that so-called trans women are not biological men. That's what he just said. That's an extreme view. That's, that, 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 that doesn't even approach the realm of a conservative view or a sane, rational view. What he's saying is that there are, he's allowing that there, I guess, I suppose that there may be some men who claim to be trans women, but are not. And so he wants to have a review board. That's not creepy at all. We'll have some government review board to um, look at each individual case of every man claiming to be a woman. And this review board will decide which man is actually a woman. So he's allowing that there may be cases like that. But what he's saying is that a real trans woman is one who is not actually a biological man. So what are they? Jenner? Biological women? It's apparently what he thinks. And then he also says, worst of all, he says that... Uh, 
he thinks any student who's been on medication, on, quote, treatment, from a very young age should be allowed to compete against the girls. Of course they should be allowed to compete against the girls. So what do we learn from that? We learn not only, again, is he he in favor of males and female sports, but he's in favor of medicating very young children. And this is is the person (laughs) that so many Republicans were excited about. My God, how stupid do you have to be? All right, um, this is from Variety, a little bit of entertainment news. It says, audiences are going to be confronted this weekend with something they haven't seen in a long time. New movies they may actually want to watch in theaters. In the first box office battle in ages, Paramount's A Quiet Place Part 2 and Disney's Cruella are expected to heat up an ice-cold domestic box office and kick off a delayed summer movie season. The uh, sequel to 2018's A Quiet Place, starring Emily Blunt and directed by her husband, John Krasinski, is expected to pull ahead of its competition. Uh, And then also there's this Cruella, which is, what is It's a live-action origin story about the famous fur-loving villain from 101 Dalmatians. Um, And uh, that's going to be in theaters, but also on Disney+. So, and you could pay, you could pay $30 to rent it on top of your Disney Plus subscription. I, this... In origin, I think the movie's PG-13, so it's a PG-13 origin story of Cruella DeVille. For, who is that supposed to be for? I'm not going to have my eight-year-old kids watching that. A PG-13 origin story explaining how this woman turned into a serial killer of dogs. Who? who so that's not for kids. 101 Dalmatians is a kid's movie through and through. And this is not for kids. So who's it? A bunch of 40-year-old adults are going to sit down and watch this? I guess so. But it is, it is good anyway. I, I think it's... Um, I'm excited by the prospect of... Uh, of I, I, I'm not ready to give up on movie theaters, even though they serve no real purpose anymore. Um, I, I think that's an American institution that I, I, I would be happy to see revived. The only problem is, and in fact, we um, are planning to go see A Quiet Place Part 2 tonight. And I got the tickets, um, and then I got the email with the tickets, and it said in the email, and I, w- I kind of wasn't expecting this because here in Nashville, I don't, we, nobody wears masks anywhere anymore. I haven't been asked to wear one in I don't know how long. Uh, but it said in the tickets that everyone has to wear a mask, despite what the CDC says, everyone has to wear a mask at all times, even sitting in the auditorium watching the movie. The only, the only stipulation, I'd be interested maybe if anyone, anyone, else, anyone who's been to a movie theater, I'm wondering if they really enforce it or not, because the only stipulation is that... Uh, unless you're eating, then you don't have to wear it. So I think that I think that means that I could just sit down with a popcorn and stuff my face the entire time and I don't have to wear the mask, which is what I would do anyway. So we'll see. But if you actually have to sit there, I mean, th- this is a good way, movie theaters, a good way to make sure that you don't revive your industry and that you are forever destroyed is to actually force the people in the theaters to wear a mask while they're sitting there for two and a half hours watching a movie. Who the hell would want to do that where you could sit at your house without a mask on? So I'll be, I'll be interested to see um, whether we're, at, we're able to watch the movie or if we get kicked out because there's no way, there's no scenario where I'm actually going to sit there with a mask on and watch, watch the movie. No movie is worth that. All right. Um, I guess we have a little bit of time for this. Speaking of wearing a mask indoors, I, I really wish I could assume this is fake, but I, I can't assume that. There's a letter written to Slate's advice column. 
Now, the whole idea that anybody would write a letter to Slate's advice column is already sort of hard to believe, but uh, they have an advice column and they get letters and, and there are a lot of crazy people out there, as we've discovered. So I, I'm, I'm leaning towards this is real. But here's the letter. It says, I've been married to a great guy for five and a half years. He's handsome, sexy, funny, and kind. It's true that he's always been a little prissy about illnesses, but I never thought it was a real problem. However, during the pandemic, his terror about getting sick has reached new levels. For the last year, he has refused to take off his face mask, even when we're at home, just the two of us. This is true even now that he's fully vaccinated for the virus. He wears it to sleep, to do most of his bathroom activities, and yes, even during lovemaking. To eat, he pulls it up to expose his mouth and then quickly pulls it back down between bites. While he doesn't insist that I do the same, I can tell it bothers him, especially because I have now started going maskless outside. When I've tried to present him with the science, he says scientists don't fully understand the virus yet. Or uh, I know it probably isn't necessary, but wearing it makes doesn't bother me. So if there's even a small chance that it can protect us, I'd rather be on the safe side. Um, I disagree that there's no harm. I want to see my beautiful husband's face again. I want to kiss him on the lips romantically like we used to and not through a piece of fabric. He doesn't change his mask very often, and it's often smelly and soiled. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to vomit. And I don't want to feel judged by him uh, by him for my own behavior, which I consider reasonable. And uh, anyway, she then she asks what she's supposed to do. I mean, what, what you should do, what you should be able to do is have this guy. I mean, in, in all seriousness, uh, this is someone who should be committed into a mental asylum. And I, I don't say that as a joke or as hyperbole. This is really a, a, a crazy person. With a, with a severe mental illness who, who needs to be in, a, 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 in some sort of facility for his own safety and those around him. This is not someone suited for living in civilized society. That's the real answer, but uh, unfortunately, that's probably not an option. Because the medical industry is not going to recognize this as an illness. At any other time, they would. You know, pre-COVID, if there was a guy wearing a mask all the time and never taking it off, it would be agreement among all health professionals, mental health professionals, that this is, a, this is someone with severe, debilitating OCD, and they need to be in a facility. But now it's been normalized, and I'm afraid, I, like I said, I wish I, could, I wish I could assume this is fake, but there are a lot of people, I think, who are, if not this bad, close to it. I'm not someone who, who puts a lot of effort into how I look, which probably is obvious. But that's why I like uh, that's why I like Mac Weldon because with Mac Weldon they bring comfort and style and they just make it really easy on on someone like me a slob like myself because I, I can just put on Mac Weldon and I know that I'll look good. Trust me, your closet is going to thank you if you go with Mac Weldon. Whether it's their hoodies, polos, tees, or active shorts, everything in the Mac Weldon collection mixes and matches seamlessly to fit in with any other trendy products you have. Whether it's socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, whatever it is, it's a comfort and it's also a consistent fit. From working out, going out, going to work, going on a date, whatever it is, Mack Weldon is for everyday life. They have a wide range of customized fabrics that can keep up with you no matter what your day looks like and uh, no matter what you're doing. There's a, there's a Mack Weldon product that will fit for that. So you got to try this out. And here's the good news. For 20% off your first order, you could visit MacWeldon.com slash Walsh and enter promo code Walsh. That's MacWeldon.com slash Walsh, promo code Walsh for 20% off. Mack Weldon, reinventing men's basics. All right, let's go now to reading the YouTube comments. Um, this one says, if more people were like Matt Walsh, the world would be a better and smarter place. Well, you know, I, I agree. Thank, it's what I've been saying. Thank you. Um, Matt, you always scream at us that we should like the video, but why don't you tell us to subscribe to your channel? That's a really good point. So, so subscribe to the channel. Subscribe right now. 
Um, we'll see if that works. Uh, let's see. Hey, Matt, I'm just wondering how you plan to enforce the bans on your show. I mean, what happens if a banned person comes back and watches anyway? Well, then I'll send someone to your home and have you killed. Just kidding. Um, I was just complaining about death threats. Uh, not, not a very good transition there. Let's see. This one says, I watched the DW backstage and I totally agree with Walsh. He annihilated the others on the alien argument. Matt's most convincing argument, though, is that not believing in aliens is boring. And that really is, when it comes down to it, mostly my argument. It's the most fun thing to believe. And in this case, I will go with, I will let my emotions guide me on this. Emotions over facts. Feelings over facts. When it comes to aliens, anyway. You know, if anyone is known for destroying leftist fallacies, it's me. Um, oh, wait, no. No, it's Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro is known for that. And if you want to listen to him do it in 15 minutes or less, then you're in for a treat because every Saturday an audio episode of his new series, Debunked, is dropping. Daily Wire members can get the full 10 uh, episode first season over at dailywire.com. But if you're not already a member, you get 20% off today with code DEBUNKED while the discount lasts. On tomorrow's podcast episode, he takes on Biden's COVID lies and explains why everything his administration has done in the wake of the pandemic was not for, the, the, uh, this, for safety or public health or anything, but rather for political gain. And he lays it all out quickly um, and um, in a way that's really easy to understand. So you want to check that out. And you can get it on your podcast feed at Apple, Spotify, or wherever your platform of choice happens to be. Also, it's your last chance to enter to win a free trip for, uh, to Daily Wire Studios to meet Candace Owens and see her live show. If you sign up now as a Daily Wire member with code VIP, you'll get 20% off your new membership and be automatically entered for a chance to win a trip for two to the Daily Wire Studios to see Matt Walsh live. Oh, wait, no. Candace left. None of this is about me. Uh, the deal ends on Memorial Day, so don't wait another minute. Not only will you be meeting Candace, but you'll be getting an, ep- an inside look at her studio and front row seats to watch her take down leftists live and in action on her talk show. So again, you don't want to miss out on this. This is your last chance. Enter now to win two VIP tickets to, to a Candace um, show with uh, and a Candace VIP pass now at dailywire.com slash subscribe using code VIP for 20% off. Now let's get to our daily cancellation. Today we cancel Pink News, which is a gay news outlet based in the UK. Um, You'll be, I'm sure, shocked to discover that the people who work for a British gay news site called Pink News apparently are not fans of yours truly. Me, of all people. I can't imagine what sort of problem they could have with me. In fact, Pink News has, in recent years, written several outraged articles attacking me for some of the things I've said on this very show. I'm not ashamed to admit that each time they publish an article like that, I openly weep as I read it. Because all I want is for everyone to like me. That, that should be obvious to anyone who listens to the show. My main goal is to say really popular mainstream things. It's just that I'm bad at it. Which brings us to the latest from Pink News. The headline is, Daily Wire's Matt Walsh compares trans healthcare to pedophilia and Nazi science in disgusting rant. Disgusting. Pink News. I, I am a person with feelings too, you know. Anyway, the article says, the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh has publicly compared trans healthcare to experimentation, molestation, abuse, and rape. In an episode of his podcast, The Matt Walsh Show, released on Monday, titled The Evil Quacks Mutilating Our Children, Walsh went on a 20-minute rant about gender ideology. Actually, it was like 17 or 18 minutes, in fairness. Walsh, who thinks the use of face masks to curb the spread of coronavirus has created a society of adults who fear breathing fresh air, said that trans youth should not receive gender-affirming healthcare because they literally can't make good long-term decisions. He continued, quote, this is also why we say adolescents can't consent to sex. Um, Dr. Johanna Olson-Kennedy wants to undermine the legal, scientific, and philosophical case against pedophilia. 
Um, and that's not a coincidence, by the way. Check back in 10 years or maybe sooner, and she'll be explaining with equal passion why we must be tolerant towards adult-child sexual relationships. Uh, Gender-affirming health care for trans youth is vital in reducing mental health problems and suicidal ideation and has been backed by every major, med- major medical association. Okay, let's pause here for a moment. Now, most of what they've written so far is true. I did say what they've quoted me as saying. I, I said all of that because it's true. I don't apologize for it, and I don't wish to moderate or water down my points at all. I said what I said, and I meant it. Um, we, we run into problems, though, in that last paragraph, where it says, again, gender-affirming health care for trans youth is vital in reducing mental health problems and suicidal ideation and has been backed by every major medical association. Two major issues here. First, there's the term gender-affirming health care. And the second is there's the claim that drugging and mutilating children is the best way to stop them from killing themselves. As for the first thing, you may notice how there is no other context where surgeries and, quote, health care are administered to affirm something. Now, to affirm means to state as a fact or assert strongly. It could also mean offering emotional support and encouragement. Since when have you ever heard of an emotionally supportive surgery? Now, you may say that all cosmetic surgery sort of fits that bill, but nobody calls a nose job a nose-affirming surgery. And besides, gender ideologues would say that gender-affirming procedures, quote-unquote, are not merely cosmetic. So the question remains, when have you heard of a medical procedure that has the purpose of affirming? When have you heard of of medicine whose purpose is to make or support an assertion? In fact, when have you even heard of a therapist whose primary goal is simply to affirm, that is, encourage or assert as fact whatever their patients say to them? The goal of a therapist is supposed to be oftentimes the opposite of that. And the goal of surgery and medicine is to treat or heal an ailment or an injury or a disease. It's not to affirm anything. Now, the gender ideologues aren't simply misusing medicine. They're attempting to turn it on its head. They seek to fundamentally redefine the very purpose of medicine, just as they seek to redefine sex and biology. And they seek to do this while pretending that they aren't doing anything radical or extreme at all. Indeed, they seek to do it while scoffing at anyone who raises the slightest objection. They've come along, subverted millennia of human experience, wisdom, and knowledge, and they insist not only that we allow them to do it, but that we don't even raise a question about it. And most people seem willing to comply with those demands. I'm not, and I never will be. Never, not ever. I will continue to insist on the truth. The truth that all of us and all people everywhere have always known up until 19 seconds ago. One of those truths is that there are only males and females. That's it. That's all. There are a small minority of people who suffer birth defects that affect the appearance of their genitalia, which has nothing to do with transgenderism anyway, but still there are only two sexes. No other human sexes have ever been discovered or ever will be. Another truth is that the purpose of medicine is still, despite what the gender ideologues claim, to treat and heal. So when a physically healthy young girl is put on puberty blockers, then hormones, and then her breasts are chopped off, What physical ailment is being treated? What is the disease that these doctors are trying to suppress or cure? You can't say that they're treating gender dysphoria because gender dysphoria is a mental condition, just like anorexia is a mental condition. You don't treat mental conditions by altering the body to coincide more closely with the patient's delusional mental state. That's not how you heal mental illness. So again, what disease is being treated by chopping off a girl's healthy breasts? Womanhood? Is that the disease? Well, whether the gender ideologues will say it out loud or not, that is how they see it. 
that womanhood or manhood is the disease. And I would call that pretty disgusting. Speaking of disgusting, the, the, the emotional blackmail that these people use is not only disgusting, but simply evil. They say that we must drug and mutilate kids um, or else the kids will kill themselves. They say studies prove them right. They're lying. These people are liars and everything they say, everything should be ignored. In fact, studies show that suicide rates amongst, among trans people remain sky high after surgery. But that's not even the point. The point is that we just now started doing this kind of thing to thousands of kids all at once. When the, when the gender ideologues start talking about all the studies proving the efficacy and safety of their procedures, you know they're lying because there can't have been any reliable long-term studies on this subject. There hasn't been a large enough sample size to study yet. This current crop of children, they are the guinea pigs. The mad scientists are running experiments on them. They're one big test group. The assumption, the claim, the hope is the assertion is that drugging them and chopping off their body parts will work out well in the long term. There is no data to support that assumption. There can't be. And any sane person's common sense and moral intuition militates against those assumptions. Well, maybe I'm wrong a little bit. There was one long-term study that comes to mind, one experiment conducted decades ago whose results can now be observed. As I've mentioned before, John Money tested these gender theories that he came up with on two young boys in the 1970s. And how did that go? Well, both of them went on to kill themselves. So those were the long-term results. And these are the facts. Pink News doesn't want to hear the facts. They don't want you to hear the facts either, which is why they ended their hit piece this way. Quote, Walsh's social media posts about the podcast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter remain live, and his podcast remains available through Apple Podcasts, despite each platform having policies against hate speech. He also remains verified on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Pink News has approached Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Apple for comments. Well, of course they have. They know their position is indefensible. They know it. They know everything I'm saying is 100% obviously true. They have no counter-argument, no rebuttal, none, nothing. All they could do is run to the principal's office and try to get me suspended or expelled. And maybe they'll succeed eventually. I don't know. But that won't change the truth. And it won't stop me from speaking it. And it also won't stop me from saying to Pink News, you're canceled. And that'll do it for the day and the week. Have a great weekend. What's the word? Oh, yeah. Godspeed. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Also, tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Walsh Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Production manager, Pavel Vodosky. The show is edited by Sasha Tolmachov. Our audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is done by Nika Geneva. And our production coordinator is McKenna Waters. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Hey, everybody. This is Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. You know, some people are depressed because the republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Claven Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Claven Show and laugh your way through the fall of the republic with me, Andrew Claven. <laughs>